Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Free State, and this is the second part of our two-part episode, Ua Upwitra. You know, the other myth is that the area was a small number of people. It, it might have been a relatively small number of people with the guns. You know, you never... It might have been a small number of people, but it was a vast network of support, of silent support. You know, the GA clubs were where the prisoners' dependents had their meetings... You know, all the fundraising events. You know, um, you would have a singer there every Friday night singing all the rebel songs. You know, we were so close. There was a sense of war, that it's them and us. You know, people were killed and done given. Say, well, you know, them or us. And that was the sense of it. And the best way for me to describe it to you was that it was an emotion. So, as I said to you, how could you possibly understand that? I mean, I went to Trinity. They thought I was primitive. Mm. I just thought, like, everybody must know what's going on and must feel what we feel. Like, my counterparts in Trinity, you know, from Calvin and Tipper, oh, high flyers, like, yeah. they were laughing at me, you know. What do you mean they were laughing in at In the you? sense that, like, my views were so primitive and propagandistic, mm. you know, so you have to sort of, so it was, it was a good education for me to look around again and to sort of start thinking more deeply about it all and about how it came about. And what I, th- I you- think that it puts it into stark relief, what we've seen over the last four months. This Ua up the Ra thing is a good way to start understanding really what's going on, what did go on in the past, and to start, and to start sort of, to start, I, I always say to people, and say, look, educate yourself about this. You know, do, do, read, read some <laughs> so of like, like the Sky Sports presenter. Read, read, read some of the... No, but, uh, no, no, but that was a condescending, know, you know, I'm you joking, fucking thick I'm Irish paddy, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, like how... Uh, after what they did. After what they yeah. did in this country. Yeah, he know, didn't do it. You know, no, no, but you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. You, you, you know the point I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, it does, it does stir up a wee bit of patriotic fervor. Well, no, there's no, there's no doubt. Everybody, that's what I mean. There's nobody... Uh, I, you know... Uh, Everyone, every, everyone got a little bit. Uh, everyone was kind of, you know, getting hearing a bit of Celtic Symphony when your man asked that question. It's a bit. Everyone gets stirred up. Um, but no, I think. But you see, the thing that's interesting about that, Joe, is that, um, like, what's, like, where are you? Where are we going to go with it? Because, like, you talk about education. You talk about, and it's really hard not to in these situations go well. Like, look at the response. Say when they tried to have the RIC commemorations. Look at the anger there was about that. Yeah. Um, when those people were people who, for whatever, you know, 
that's that's like you talk about lest we forget and neil richmond just people getting worked up about something there that was a hundred years ago and saying you know we can't have this and he's like jesus christ yeah. can we do it like can so we do anything to, but, but but what the but what's it, what, what, what tell the, me what you think the difference is well, what there. the german experience shows yeah. us is this that you're either honest about it or you don't do it at all yeah you know where did all this glorification of war come, come from i mean it came from very primitive times when you celebrated as though you won a championship match when you won a battle you know and you would hold up the heads of like your prince army. harry yeah well, i mean there, there you are there's a classic example of this glorification of yeah. war that the british have have been very successful in you know the monarch i mean the whole world is hypnotized by that you mm. know a parasitic billionaire who just inherited 28 billion quid i don't care like prince george i'm sure he's fine i'm sure he's mm. fine but the glorification of violence which is epitomized by that whole monarchy and that whole gloss that it puts over what was mm. actually done by the empire see this is this is the pretty gloss over what they actually did. I mean, and so here's your here's here's where we are with it, right? Here's where we are. This other this the son of the parasitic billionaire, another parasite. I'm sure he's a grand lad. I've nothing against him, but I'm talking about in the wider political mm. context. He says casually in a book, you know, I killed twenty five Afghans. Mm. I can shot them down. You know. As Eamon Sweeney from the Indo said to me, Jesus Christ, we're lucky there weren't a lot more bloody Sundays when you read that. And not a person saying, what the fuck? He killed 25 people. Oh, there's a lot of people saying, what the fuck? Yeah, no, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not, the, not the British. No. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah, like, that was overlooked. Oh, did you hear himself and the brother? They were having a, they had a bit of a wrestling match in the kitchen and one of them nearly cried. Oh, it was awful. He, he said, oh, you know, he had a cup, he had a glass of water. And oh, he said to me, and it was, oh, and he, I said, oh, please don't do that here, Wills. You know, and he says, oh, Harold, how did you say? That was the only thing that was talked about. Not the fact that he'd gone down 25. No, I think, it's gonna, I think it's going to screw him in, the, in America. Well, well, really well, 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 really? Yeah. I think it is. I think it's going to come come back to him. All these SAS heroes. <clears throat> I mean, look, I interviewed Doug Beatty, who I I, I like very much mm. as a person. I find, think that there's a fragility with him and all that. And, you know, Doug killed people, you know, a lot of them with bayonets, and he describes it, you know, yeah. stick a bayonet into the head, twist it around, you know. And those boys were the, the grunts, if you like. Those boys were the foot soldiers being sent out to do that and then having to deal with the consequences mentally themselves thereafter. You know, and Doug, and, and Doug is going to spend a lifetime a lifetime reliving that and trying to deal with the horrors of all of that. Mm. But the point is this, that it's glorified. The parades every year, the medals, they come decked out, you know, as though this is something wonderful. And my point, I suppose, I hope it'll be the point of this podcast, is to always ask people, you know, to think for themselves. Think for yourself, make your own mind up about it. So in Germany, what they did was they said, we're going to be ruthlessly honest about our past. Yeah, you go to you go to Berlin and you see that it is. But they took a long time to do that. And yeah, we've we've had a good long time. Mm. We've had a good long time. You know, now obviously the Brits are never going to do that because of that whole xenophobic. I mean, sort of epitomized well, a by Brexit, etc. You, I saw, there's a you, bit of that going on. You look at people like you. I've interviewed him before. Satnam Sangara, who wrote that book about empire, and you tweeted yeah. like there are people interrogating it. Oh yeah, but they're they're. I mean, they're lone voices. Like, but we I mean, Carl Caroline Elkins. The, the, who, who wrote the sort of the, the, the legacy of empire. And she, she started with the Pulitzer Prize winning work on the, the British atrocities against the Mau Mau. Mm. You know, the beheadings and the, the, I mean, the, I mean, detaining hundreds of thousands of people, you know, uh, you know, murdering them on the spot. I mean, it, it, just that sort of casual, you know, contempt for other races 
which was backed by the political and legal structure of the British Empire, you know, and then whitewashed by their propaganda machines. The German experience, like, and I agree with you with that, but I think one of the things about the German experience is I've always felt we've either got to be Germans or we've got to be, or we're going to be Austrians. And the joke about, you know, the greatest con ever played was Austria persuading the world that Hitler was German. <laughs> That's right. I never heard that one. <laughs> Uh, uh, he was another wee bastard, that boy. But Somebody you, should have. He obviously didn't play Gaelic but, football. But Austria didn't. Austria came, Austria came out of the war without. And if you read that, there's a. I can, you read that post-war Anthony Jude book about Austria after the war because of its because of where it was. Nobody yeah. wanted. There was no accountability in Austria. Yeah. Germany got there eventually, yeah. and we've got. But like uh, Italy, the same. You know, the Italians were brilliant at that. Like yeah. But what, are, what what does that mean for they're us? Pro, they're pro Mussolini, and as soon as as soon as the as soon as the Allies are coming over the border, they they they, they crucify him. Say bad guy, okay, because but 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 when we talk about it, and you talk about honesty and asking the right question, like this is, does come back to that question about Mary Lou being asked about it, and like I was I was interviewing Owen O'Brien the day of that. Of the, the 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 video of the of the video of the the day after the World Cup qualification, and I would say on that I think it was probably different as well because it was such a big. If the Irish rugby team had won the Grand Slam and there was a video like that, it would probably have been no made. way, no, no okay. way. Well, we'll never be able absolutely. To. You, you, no, the newspapers here. Are you kidding me? You don't think so? Are you kidding me? You do not attack your own constituency. Yeah, that's your own constituency. There's no political gain to be had from that. The problem at the moment that the main papers are facing in Ireland and the establishment is facing in Ireland is that you've now got this political movement, like it or not, which is the biggest political movement on the island, biggest political party in the north, biggest political party in the south, right? Hmm. It's becoming increasingly difficult to demonise them other than to go back to the past. And say, this is like any movement, like... The first Irish, the first Irish Free State government. It was full of IRA, as they would have it, full of IRA terrorists, you know, and then and then De Valera, who was anti-treaty and who had been one of those behind, you know, the 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 horrors of the Civil War. He then takes power. I mean, he essentially became a president for life. Then at some point, the point being that this is the inevitable consequences of colonialization. The local people, the people are left to pick up the pieces. War becomes peace. So you've been through that transition in the South. War becomes peace. I mean, I thought that the RTE, the trilogy mm. on the Civil War was magnificent, magnificently explained. Obviously, there's detail that isn't there because of the constraints of television, etc. But it was a magnificent starter for anyone who's interested in truth, in the facts. And I thought it was unvarnished, done very well. So you come from war to peace. We're moving from war to peace. We had a spectacularly successful peace process. Overnight, overnight essentially from 1998, the, the, the lasting ceasefire, the IRA stopped. Sinn Féin flourished. You know, and now we're 25 years on from that. When, when, when is the point, when is the point when, when we can go about politics here without saying... Oh well, what about what about those babies that were murdered in that bomb? 
What about those British soldiers that were shot in the face? Well, you see, what about that's like, 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 but why do they do? Why do they ask those questions? They're not for genuine reasons. They're not asking Mary Lou to condemn that for but a you genuine know what would reason. Have been, well, then, okay. Well, what does it matter whether she condemns it? Is she supporting because, violence? Because no, because I, I, because I think it matters in terms of one of, of of the future of the country. In the sense, if you're talking about, and if you're talking about unity. If you're talking about anything like that, I think it does matter. And I and I just wonder what would be so wrong? And again, what uh, would be so wrong? What would be so wrong with Mary Lou MacDonald? And Owen O'Brien actually I always think is a bit more he Owen O'Brien uses the passive voice a lot less than some of other members of Sinn Fein when he's talking about this. What do you mean by that? I mean like her, you know, that these things kind of happen, like, you know, wrongs were done. Uh, hurts were, you know, committed. This kind of sort of abstract, right, passive right. voice that they just sort of happened there. What would be so wrong? And what was what's what is there to be afraid of in saying that what the people that I supported, the people on on my side, in my the what what they did, what we did, or the people I supported, what they did was wrong. And just saying it simply, like but, what? What? What is What? 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 What should we be afraid of? But, in but if that? if the violence was inevitable, and I believe the violence was inevitable, I lived there. It was there was no way. To, I remember John Hume came to a public meeting at Dunkevin. The mood was against him. Just, we but, need fucking guns. Yeah. We don't need talk. We need fucking guns. We need to get our arms from somewhere. Mm. Charlie Hoy. Charlie Hoy was already going to organise an arms shipment from the south. Yeah, you know. So so. Once, once you you accept, you know, and I put this in the context of I've thoroughly disagreed with it. I thought that for me, the taking of human life was abhorrent. Mm. I thoroughly disagreed with it, and I've always been I've always been vocally, as you know, opposed to violence. But it was inevitable. So it was so widespread. It was so inevitable. So what do you do? Does Michal Martin apologize to the British for the War of Independence? Should he do that? Why, why, why would there be anything wrong if your thesis is right? Why should Michal Martin not apologise to the British in a public address? Between 1919 and 1921, we committed horrific atrocities. We left widows. We killed children. You know, we had a campaign of assassination in your capital city. You know, and what we have done to our eternal shame is to glorify those people. Michael Collins is a national hero. We have statues in his honour. We celebrate it every year. Dan Breen, a notorious IRA assassin, threw in the ball in an All-Ireland final. Our, our most cherished cup, the Sam Maguire Cup, is named after an Irish Republican Brotherhood terrorist. We apologise to you for the terrible wrongs we did to you as a people. Now, is that fucking ridiculous or not? Because there's a different context. Why, why is there a different context? Because we're Northern Catholics and we were genocidal sectarians. Is no, that why? No. Uh, because you're, 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 if you're talking about a united Ireland, you're talking about the people. You, you, there's a million people on this island who that might have some impact with. You're talking about tokenism. See, Am you're, I? You're talking about tokenism. What are the important things that have happened in the North? Okay. The IRA renounced the gun. Yeah. That's the most important thing. That was the most important thing. Move immediately into, into, into peace. 
in my view, historically the most successful peace process in the history of the world and a model for peace processes everywhere there is conflict. That's not tokenism. That's real things that make a real difference to people's daily lives, to my daily life, to my children's daily life. Not one of them knows a thing about the Troubles. First one was born in 2000. Mm. Nothing. Nothing. Their friends are Protestants. They're socially, uh, or they're socially and sexually advanced. They're so far away from where we were. You know, those are not token things. Sinn Féin taking their seats in Stormont. Okay? We'll never do it. They've done it. You know, we're happy to share a power. They've done all those things. Now, obviously, the DUP have got themselves in a, on a hook at the moment. They, they, they rejected the peace process, as you know. They've never signed up to it. They've reeled against it. They would love to under, undermine it. In my view, they would welcome a return of violence, in my view, because they're running out of room. Where do they go? The Protestant business community is saying, we need a fucking government. What are you doing? You need to come back. Mm. We need to work it out. These are, let's call them the growing pains of a new society. It's all going to work out. Trust me. <laughs> but what, what, what I don't like and what makes me angry is this, is the use of us, the use of us dishonestly. Forget about it for political purposes, dishonestly. And what, what's been happening, you know, one of the, there's a Fine Gael politician. When the girl sang that song and when the whole furore started, she tweeted, my heart is breaking today. Hmm. My heart is breaking today. Fuck me. Yeah. Do you think the song means anything? Well, you see... Because I don't. Uh, I don't think it means anything when they sing it. The, the, the song itself, I didn't know anything about it. I wasn't even aware of it. I asked my children. You're probably better off. I asked my children about it and they were laughing. Like, everybody sings that. Yeah. I said, like, really? So I listened to it. Fuck me, that's three minutes of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> I mean, it's, I it's, it's even worse. And I do not say this lightly. <laughs> it's even worse than Ireland's call. That is a, that is that is the most uh, controversial statement you've said here today. Really? You know that something could be worse than Ireland's. Well, <laughs> yes, yes. But anyway, as as I understand it, it's about a sailor walking through Glasgow, uh, yeah. and he's describing graffiti that he sees in the wall. But the idea is, and 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 this is why it's pernicious. I have two party pieces, two songs that I sing when I'm out. You know especially if there's a pianist there. I was at a do there recently, the great Michael English was there. Ah, the greatest accompanist, the greatest, mm. you know, virtuoso on a piano that I've met. Wonderful, wonderful musician. As soon as I see him, he's vamping. I say, I'm, I'm singing. It's a long, long way to Tipperary. You know, the great British Army song. You know, the thick paddy. Mm. You know, all the fucking archetypal sort of, you know, paddy cliches. You know, the British <coughs> Army song. Etc. Etc. Right, and I sing it, and the whole room goes wild because you need to do the whistling chorus. <whistles> when you have hundred people whistling that, it's brilliant. <laughs> but my other party piece is, oh Father. Why are you so sad on this bright Easter morn? 
When Irishmen are proud and glad Of the land where they were born O son, I see in memory's view A far-off distant day Where being just a lad like you I joined the IRA Alright? Mm. Great rebel song. I grew up in rebel songs. Wrap the green flag round me all out there. I don't sing it anymore. Do you think somebody's going to video this? Me talking about the area in that context, you know, singing a rebel song, even though it's from the Easter Rising time, all of that. You know, you know. So New Year's Eve, I sang "Long Way to Tipperary." I went out on social media. Somebody videoed it as usual, but it didn't sing that. Yeah, and that's what's pernicious. That we've got to be ashamed of our past, and we've plenty to be ashamed of. You know, we've got plenty to be ashamed of. Some of the things that were done in my name, you know, in the North, you know, nothing can forgive that. Mm -hmm. I mean, when Martin McGuinness died, and Martin McGuinness was very difficult not to idolise, you know, a very, very serious guy involved, uh, you know, as an IRA commander in some of the most atrocious you know, things imaginable. What's mm. worse What's worse than killing and not taking another human being's life? Those things, in my view, cannot be forgiven. And Sinn Féin and a lot of people who I'm very friendly with, they're all in my community, were very upset when I wrote, you know, in what I thought was a very honest tribute to Martin, who I greatly liked and admired. Mm. I mean, his, he was this, he was essential. Yeah. Of course, Hume was terrific. Don't get me wrong. But McGuinness made it happen because without McGuinness, the Provos wouldn't have come along. And not only that, you know, the way he cemented it, his relationships, how he dealt with Paisley said, but I wrote in the piece, I cannot forgive him for the taking of human life, the impersonal taking of human life. That's what I, wrote. I cannot forgive him for the impersonal taking. And you know how many friends I have who I grew up with, and they were very upset with that. Very upset with that. So there are things that we've, we, we, you know, that, that can never be justified. And I don't seek to justify them, but it was inevitable. Couldn't be stopped. Just as it was inevitable here, couldn't be stopped. You know, it had to find an end point. And thankfully we found the end point with the peace process. It's, uh, yeah, I will come back to some of that because I think there's, there's an interesting thing to be, looked at in terms of inevitable and then what that actually means in terms of you know like the no, the no alternative like as, as uh, Michelle O'Neill put it like and then in terms of actual things that happened she was a Kalila woman like, I mean my grandmother I remember well she's actually from Clano, which is beside Coal Island I remember my grandmother Corey was a very small wee woman tough and she lived in Roanbeg Villas in Brackeville and, you know, Kalilin would have been a hotbed of the IRA, a real hotbed. I mean, you remember the celebrated incident where the paratrooper was killed and the paratroopers came into Kalilin, dismounted from their vehicles, left their guns in the... I thought it was a pretty honourable thing to do, I have to say, but it just shows you. It was the fucking Wild West in the north and they could do what they liked. Left their guns in the Saracens, went into the pubs, started with the central bar. Let's go, let's go. Fist fighting with the locals. Now they battered the locals. But that's the sort of context in Coal Island. I remember my grandmother one day, one of the next-door neighbours in the wee terraced houses in Rombeekville, one of the next-door neighbours' boys was being abused by the paras. They'd stopped him. He's just walking along, and they were, and they were pushing him about, oh, it's son, oh, it. 
All right, you little fucking Fenian bastard, yeah? You Fenian bastard, yeah? You one of those little fucking terrorists? Just pushing him from one to the other. He was completely paralysis. My grandmother went out, right? She was about five foot three. It's not an exaggeration. Maybe, no, but I'd say five foot three. Yeah, bloody bugger she. And she went in and she reached for the big paratrooper, right? And they were so surprised, they started laughing. Oh, Nan, oh, Nan, what are you going to do, Nan? Oh, Jesus, I would kill you if I could kill you, I would kill you, you know, I would kill you if I could. And they just dispersed, they sort of changed the mood, you know, like mm. this woman, 70 years of age, like it just changed the mood. But that's a good way of describing it. If I could, I would kill you, you know. She didn't mean it, obviously, mm. and she wasn't, and, 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 you know. But I mean, my, my, my grandfather on my mother's side, was in the British Army, photographing my family home and given of him in his uniform, looking terrific, you know, his, his mm. peak cap at a jaunty angle. And his brother was a local commander in the IRA. Yeah. You know? Well, my grandmother was a Presbyterian from County Down who ended up living in Tralee, had to convert, as my father used to say, she converted to <laughs> lapsed Catholicism. <laughs> she ensured, made sure she had a lovely garden and she had red-hot pokers that would bloom every July. So you'd have these orange flowers <laughs> in the middle of Tralee. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so she had her little message yeah. there. She and was, all those things are so... I mean, like, you know, what, what's happening in the North now, I think, is a, is a model. You know, um, like people's identity is protected. Like, our mm. identity is protected. Like, we, we would never... Our, our identity was never under threat. You know, at the height of the troubles whenever we were being shot and whatever. You know, like, it didn't make any difference to us because we knew who we were and our identity was protected. And now you look at the North, you know, I mean, very good pal of mine. Crusaders, season ticket holder, Rangers supporters club, all that, you know. I was just chatting to him the other day about all this stuff. Mm. And uh, I actually wrote down what he said. He's great crack, you know. Roddy Collins is still an icon in Crusaders. They call him Rod the Prod, and they still they still sing up there. Roddy Collins is a wanker, is a wanker. But uh, I rang him, and I said, "What about this um, Celtic Symphony thing?" You know, he was just back from Rangers against Celtic. I I went to a Celtic Rangers match once. A friend of mine said, "You must come there." Great occasions. I never saw the like of it. There was a, a man in his fifties with orange hair beside us. And he was saying, because, you know, they have the Rangers supporters. I'd never seen this before. They were in a wee enclosure on their own at the corner. Mm -hmm. And they had, like, police officers on horseback and all to, to escort. They weren't allowed to leave the ground at the end. There was a man beside me. And he was there with his child, and he had ginger hair, and he was shouting, Somebody give me a flamethrower, a flamethrower, those orange bastards. I was like, Jesus, what the fuck? He said, oh, fucking flamethrower, orange bastards, you have black bastards. Fuck me. I'd never seen the like. Yeah. Apparently this is normal at soccer matches. So anyway, I said to him, um, what about this Ooh, up the ra thing? This boy's a lawyer as well. And he says to me, mate, <laughs> she says, you know, mate, nobody gives a fuck. I said about the song being sung. He says, Joe, nobody gives a fuck, he says. I said, is this a class thing? He says, of course it is. It's an agenda. Attacking working class soccer girls is only part of it. I mean, we have a situation in the North now, like one of my sons goes to Dundella. Dundella, like, which yeah. would be, we would have said in the old days, like a black hole. He goes to there, he supports them there in the second division of the Northern Ireland Soccer League. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all that stuff for you and your jacks and the whole works and the, you know. Well, you've got the Orange Lodge, I think, flourishing. The Orange Order now flourishing. You know, obviously we've had some incidents. But in the main, 
you know, there's a there's a there's a tolerance of there's a tolerance of both sides now that's never been there. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Four. And that's growing because as younger people are, are become interested in other things and we break out from we break out from the straitjacket of those traditional sort of bonds that held us in. You know, I mean in war is one thing that'll keep you in your own community. Like you're very, very suspicious and careful. Like I mean the glamorous brunette who's from Mayo, she always say to me, like, when she goes north, she feels the suspicion. When she goes out, she feels just it's just not the same. It's just not the same easy. Hmm. Now, I don't feel that. I, I, I. Uh, but she feels that, you know. And she's that is, and again, it's she so used to ring me and say, "I'm in England now." <laughs> I, I say, "Oh, thanks for that." Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it does feel, especially when you go up. Uh, there is that strange thing, especially from the south, like when you're from the south, because we're there's no question that we don't we like there's there's an ignorance. Yeah, but why would you, you I mean, what's it got to do? I mean, I was chatting to the Mayo footballer, Austin O'Malley, a few days ago, and we were having this conversation. He was talking about a piece I'd written, and I was saying, yeah, but, like, how possible? Why would you even be interested in that? Like, if you're busy lives, people have children, they want to pay their bills, they're working, they're mm. going for a bit of leisure, they're going to a game. Why would they be thinking about what's happening up there? But, well, but it'll be, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't affect you unless it hits you on an emotional level. It doesn't affect you. Doesn't affect you. I mean, you could be a historian who becomes extremely interested in it and do all your research and all of that. Um, you know, and one of the pities was, I think, that that we were left alone. You know, if it hadn't been for American interest in us, I mean, we were completely abandoned by the South. You know, by by Ireland, we were completely abandoned. We were left to our fate. You know, I'm trying to think of the historian who wrote that this was typical again of colonies that the part of the colony that had been given its freedom you know, was ashamed, you know, because it had averted its gaze while the horrors took place in the other part of the colony. So here, for example, at the start of the Troubles, whenever Bombay Street was bombed out, a whole street, police accompanying a loyalist mob, 
burned every single family out of their home in 1969. There was a huge flood of refugees to the south mm. and gymnasiums were opened, churches were opened. They were welcomed with open arms. Within a very short space of time, within a few years, Conor Cruz O'Brien had become the leading voice in the south, you know, and this was the genocidal Catholic savages waging sectarian war on the benign British and the unionist ruling party who are only trying to do their best. And sadly, that's the line that the Free State took. But, Joe, the one thing I would say say about that is, and I'm going to end up as the, <laughs> you know, I, I think the online reaction is going to be in one in one direction here. I'm going to be the I'm going to be the fucking villain here. <laughs> you know, you'll be lauded and I'll be like scurrying yeah. around. But there's a, you say a few short years. That's because you know there was. That's because of what was happening. And okay, you can talk about there was no alternative, or you can talk about this is inevitable, but. The consequences of that inevitability still were so brutal and shocking that if you're if you're not experiencing that side of it, it's only going to be natural. Correct. That you're you 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 find it abhorrent. Correct. And then you've got the constant, you know, you've got the constant ruthless control of communications of, you know, uh, uh, um. I, mean, I remember I think it was John Bruton who said that the greatest day of his life was when he met Prince Charles. And Mary Holland reported that he had said, you know, our, our, our aim is to be more like you, you know. Mm. And then it was easier, it was easier to take the sort of the British side in these things and the security, sort of security forces side in the north mm. to take their side on it than to take our side. What were you going to do? I mean, what were you going to do? I mean, the, 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 the abortive attempt to run guns to us at the start of the Troubles. You know, um, but it was that, also that that, that 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 sort of once that blew up, then 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 it became easier just to sit in your hands, and to pretend it wasn't happening in the north. And we were make make no mistake about it, we were abandoned, and felt abandoned. And you know, it's it's important to be honest about that. You know, and uh, that, and again, I come back to the point, but I don't like about all this. Because I do understand all those dynamics, is the dishonesty of it. But is, do you think anybody who is talking about this, who takes a position, who do you think isn't being dishonest if they take a position that is... The question's too wide. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I accept that there are going to be people who are going to use, uh, use this in bad faith. But there are people... And I don't... Like, okay, I, I'm... I don't have any vested interest in this. I'm, I think it's a really interesting topic. And so it's more than a topic. It's a fucking... It's, a, well, it's a, fundamental to fundamental. who, we, who yeah, we are as a nation. Yeah. yeah. Um, or as an island, at least. Yeah. And, and yet I can't... Like, I don't feel that I'm... Like, I don't think I'm being dishonest when I say... I, if, if, if my son was singing up the Ra, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, well, I wouldn't sing that. Like, yeah. But know. equally, you know, I also, I also, and this is where all the contradictions come in, I also don't think it means anything when people sing it. But because it's... I'll tell you why it doesn't mean anything. You know who said, sang up, who set up the Ra? Declan Rice <laughs> sang up the Ra, set up the Ra while he was briefly playing for Ireland before he decided to play for England. That just demonstrates to you how little meaning 
it has as as as, as something. But you also you have know? to appreciate. You see, we people didn't have any army. Whenever Francie McCluskey was killed in Dungiven, first killing of the Troubles, he's documented in the Lost Lives. Sixty-eight years of age, OAP coming in to get his hair cut, to get his groceries, mm-hmm. and he was battened to death in the mouth of Hassan's draper shop. Just left there for dead by the police. Nobody ever charged. Nobody's ever questioned. Lucy McCluskey to this day, she's an old woman now, is campaigning. You know, a voice in the wilderness. Mm. I was like, no point ringing the police when the police are doing the killing. So we didn't have a police force. Mm. We didn't have an army. You know, so when we say up there are, people in the South, when Michael Martin and Leo Radker celebrate Michael Collins, if, if that's what people want to do, I'm not a man for celebrating war, I have to say. I'm not a man for glorifying it. But if they're going to do it, I can understand why they're doing it in that context. And, you know, but do it honestly. The reason that we say up the ra is because we didn't fucking have anything else. All we had was the ra. Up the ra, like you were in the Dungiven Club on a Friday night, and they, they were singing their rebel songs, and everybody was shouting up the ra, you know, because there was a sense that something had to be done. And there was nobody else on our team. For better or for worse, this was it. And the die was cast and the worse it got and the more men were going to prison and people being murdered and police officers being shot in the face and false confessions. I mean, the number of people who I've represented who 20 years later go to the Court of Appeal, oh, sorry, we're not, confessed, we're not contesting that conviction. Yeah. Quite clearly that confession was, was obtained by torture. You know, and the ju- judiciary at the time saying this is the type of committed terrorist who could quite easily inflict these wounds upon himself. Like a third degree burns all over their bodies, like, you know, broken ribs, all the rest of it. Well, this is the sort of person who could quite easily, determined terrorist, who could quite easily have inflicted these injuries upon himself. Countless numbers of people like that. And when all that's going on, and the torture and all the things that were happening, John McGuffin, the hooded men, the boys being dropped out of helicopters, blindfolded, all of that. Who do you ring? Who did my mother, who could my mother write to? She wrote every week to the ministry, when my father was taken away. Mm. First of all, she didn't know where he was. Then he's in, he's in the detention camp outside mm. Belfast, right? She's now a single mother with three young boys. She wrote a letter every week. When's he being released? When's he being charged? What's happening here? No one ever got back to her. Nobody ever called. Nobody ever came to the house. Four years later, four years later, next door neighbour knocks the door. Anne, you're to go and pick up Francie. Who did we call? The cops. Ring the British. The thing that strikes me there when you talk about that is that actually the no alternative, the no choice is actually an example of what, how violence just breeds violence in a way. Absolutely. Because if you're there talking about your trap in a situation, <laughs> kind of reminds me a bit of, of, of and I, I, I've been in some terrible corners with drink. <laughs> because <laughs> you, you were yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and I would think you know the only way out of this is another drink yeah I feel fucking shit here but the only way I can get out of this is if I keep drinking yeah. and I don't like you know when you're saying that like when you're there and you're trapped and you feel there's no yeah. the only solution we, and I and yet and then and yet when everyone contextualizes every, every act of violence we can, can be contextualized by Another act of violence. Oh, yeah, you could say, like, well, look, we massacred all those Protestant workmen because the previous day they massacred, yeah. you know, I, I remember they massacred a Catholic family. I, I mean, met. You, say, I, you, can, you can justify it all. You can I, say was in, I was in, I went to, uh, 
a few years ago with Peter O'Born, the British journalist who had changed his mind about Brexit, we went to, uh, he brought him over to do a film and we went to Besbrook and we were just standing in Besbrook. Uh, we were waiting to meet a, a unionist politician and we were standing in Besbrook and a bus pulled up and somebody just got off the bus and he recognised Oborn and he came over to him and it was Alan Black, the only man who survived in Kingsmill. Yeah. The only Protestants who survived. They let the, you know, the, the IRA let the Catholic go, but Alan Black was a Protestant. And now Alan Black is an extraordinary man, an incredible man, because all he was talking about was, this was when there was, it looked like there was going to be a border in Ireland. It was before the protocol. And he was like, we can't have that. We can't go back to the violence. But again, you know, you look at Alan Black, then you look at it like he was, he was, he was, he was massacred, but survived like he was there. And, uh, and, you know, and you could look at that and go, and the, 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 when you're talking about things, these events come in, and this is the thing, everyone has to be careful. Like you can pull other things out. You can, and it is just classic whataboutery. You can say, what about, Absolutely. what about this, it's what a about that? It's a bottomless pit. And once, once it's there and then, and then, you know, you had all sorts of problems then as well. Historically, from about sort of 73, 74 onwards, you know, there'd been a couple of Provo ceasefires and they fully expected there'd be a negotiated settlement because she had Mar Margaret Thatcher then. You know, so we were very unfortunate with that. And, uh, I mean, and once once you had black ops running riot through the through the north, then, well, I mean, how do you stop it and where does it stop? Where does it stop? You know, and I suppose ultimately where it stopped was whenever the IRA went after the heart of the city of London, started bombing places and it was costing billions and billions and billions, you know. And I think if they had realised that all along instead of... But did it stop too because of someone like McGuinness, because I accept what, you say, what you're saying, but it always struck me, and you talk about that personal, like, McGuinness seemed to me like... Look, everybody wanted out. Everybody yeah, wanted but, but, yeah, but he... But it's getting out, it's yeah. getting out's the problem. But he was able to bring people out, and... Well, they wanted, I mean, Adams wanted it for a long time, you yeah. know, I mean, look, whenever the hunger strikers were elected as TDs and MPs, people saw, fuck, look at the opportunity here for political advancement. I mean, look, at the, we can turn this into a movement rather mm. than rather than this. I mean, nobody wanted this. Like, who wants that? It's mental. Yeah. You know, there's no sense with it, you know, ch checking onto the car every morning. And, fuck me. You know, and it's amazing how um, we have been transformed. And your point is correct. You know, it's only noise now that you see on the front pages about the North. The North is... A most unbelievably peaceful <laughs> well, place. I, I always say to my my wife, my wife is is English, you know, uh, she's half English, half Pakistani, and she, I I said this to you before. She always says she doesn't know when she's in Ireland that people yeah. are being racist to her because she's English or because she's Pakistani. Oh no, no, she's got a good half. <laughs> she's got a good half, <laughs> but people don't, you know. But uh, she sometimes sees the Northern, you know, the BBC Northern Ireland news at the end of, you know, she watches watches the BBC news and the Northern Ireland news. She's like, fucking hell. This is uh, this is really Jesus Christ. Like it's literally, literally like somebody had a flat tire on their way to work today. The news is so boring in Northern Ireland now. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I, and I, I was. This oh, is the peace dividend. You're 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 right. You're right. Um, look, listen. I think uh, we'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll come back to it. <laughs>
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.